Okay, I'm going to test your memory from two weeks ago. No, I won't. I'm not that cruel. Um, I'll say praise the Lord, and then you respond now and forever. Praise the Lord. Two weeks ago, I shared with you some of the graces of God working in my life. Now I'm going to do a general confession. I'm going to share with you some of the sin in my life. So at the risk of being vulnerable and continuing to expose my heart to the congregation of St. Raphael Parish and beyond, I want to give to you four examples in my life where I was grateful for Holy Mother Church allowing the weeds to grow up amongst the wheat. The first was when I wasn't even Catholic. Remember that the truth of the Catholic faith in her fullness allows for varying degrees of truth to be held by other ecclesial communities. At the time, I was uh, Lutheran in the ELCA. I didn't know why I was Lutheran, but I had a couple memories, one being standing next to my mom at the church in Sturgeon Bay, Bayview Lutheran Church, and I said, Mom, who is that guy up there? Is that God? And referring to the pastor, and Mom quickly said, Oh, no, Quinn, that is not God. <laughs> but then the other memory I had was our Sunday school. And we went down to Atumba Park. Atumba Park was right in our neighborhood, and there's a huge spruce tree. My sister actually, in fact, just told me that the spruce tree has been cut down. We were so saddened by that fact because so many of the things there at Otumba Park uh, were from our childhood memories. And I climbed up that spruce tree as we took this little excursion from our Sunday school all the way to the top of the tree. So I was a big fan of Zacchaeus early on. I was short in stature and I liked trees. My Sunday school teacher was wondering where I was and my uh, fellow classmates pointed me out on the top of the spruce tree. And they all came to gather under the tree to beckon me back to Sunday school. I did not want to go back. I've had enough of singing, if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a tack. I didn't want any more of it. And so then I started throwing pine cones down. Eventually I did come down. I ended up going back to the Lutheran church only to leave the Lutheran church because my mom uh, converted to Catholicism. The second story of weeds in my life uh, had to do with my sophomore year of college. Uh, there were a couple of things that were happening, and I was in a bit of mischief at that time. I was getting in a bit of trouble. The first instance of this particular trouble that I found myself in was that I was a resident assistant at my alma mater, Hillsdale College, and it was part of paying for my college tuition, room, and board. So it was an important position. And two nights in a row, a Friday night and a Saturday night, my good friend Tom, who was a regular Sunday-going Catholic at the time and weekly uh, attendant of confession, he's the one that tempted me to go to the Sigma Chi house for a party. Not only the first night, but then the second night, I got away the first night. The second night, the head RA, Greg Oswald, still remember him to this day, he was standing in the back door of Simpson Dorm. And he said, where were you? I said, I was at a party. He's like, this isn't the first time, this is the second time. You're going to be seeing the dean this week. Now, the dean was, de uh, was Dean Coonrod. So his name was actually Dean Coonrod. And he was a Marine, a retired Marine. Great luck for me, huh? 
I go into his office on the third floor of Central Hall, and he said, give me one good reason why you should remain a resident assistant. And I said, well, I'll give you two. One is, I'll never do it again, and from this point on, I'll do the best that I can. And immediately, Dean Coonrad said, that's not good enough. You're fired. Where was the leniency? Where was the clemency? I definitely had enough uh, temerity in me. Temerity, as we hear in the first reading from the Book of Wisdom, temerity is a rashness or a brashness in, in the face of danger. So I had that going for me, but Dean Coonrad would have none of it. Yet another example, as I continued to talk about the weeds in my life, was that same year and that same friend, Tom, and then he brought a friend, Patrick, and then the best man that I stood up in a wedding for, Ted, uh, we went to an outdoor movie theater and we were still under 21 and we bought a six pack of beer. We had open intoxicants in my 83 Buick Century. We got pulled over and I got an MIP along with my friends. I didn't tell my dad. I did not want to tell my dad. But Sturgeon Bay, of course, puts everything in the Door County Advocate. <laughs> so I was working at the Racine Boat Show for a great week. I had everything out of sight, out of mind. And I got back, and there's a back driveway to our house with a porch, and my dad was standing on that back porch. That's all my dad had to do. My dad was patient. He showed mercy. But I felt in my heart the disappointment that my dad had in me. And I didn't want to repeat that. Last but not least, a year after, obviously I hadn't learned anything. I was still among the weeds and struggling. I was working out in Washington, D.C. on the Washington Hillsdale Internship Program. I was working on Capitol Hill as a page, as an intern, and we had a meeting with Justice Clarence Thomas. Well, we were living in Georgetown, Patrick and myself, and we stayed out late the night before, and we overslept and missed our appointment. Now, think for a moment that you wake up and you just realize that you're late for an appointment with a Supreme Court justice. So we immediately put our suit and tie on and we rushed to the M. We got over to Capitol Hill. We ran over to the Supreme Court building. We ran into the office. We were huffing and puffing. We said to the secretary, we're here to see Clarence Thomas. We're 10 minutes late. She's like, give me a moment. She goes inside the chamber, comes out, sorry, he will not see you. You're late. Where was the clemency? Where was the leniency? So I'm proud to say that I was rejected by a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> no. But at that same token, those father figures in my life gave to me an important part of what it means to be loved by God, and that is discipline. Certainly God is patient, God is lenient, but God chastens 
those that he loves. In God's mysterious way, he allows the church as the mystical bride of Christ, as Holy Mother Church, to bring together the weeds and the wheat for a particular and specific purpose. And that is to allow the weeds to be there insofar as to allow that edge of our life, that sin, to be redeemed. Two examples of these particular ways in which um, some modern-day weeds became wheat is, first and foremost, Dorothy Day. She started the Catholic Worker Movement. She worked with Peter Marin, who is an amazing, amazing individual. And the Catholic Worker Movement was a service to the poor. Dorothy Day had, in fact, had an abortion early on in her life. One day, uh, she decided to walk into the back of church and sit down, and there was a mass going on. Holy Mother Church, weeds and wheat. And as she sat in the back of that church, she was taken up into the mysteriousness of the sacrifice of Calvary. And it was at that point that she put her hand on the plow And she began to be transformed into wheat. And she became a powerful instrument of God's mercy and love and kindness and compassion in the world. Another example that comes to mind is Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton, who became a Trappist monk in Kentucky, he has a beautiful book called Seven Story Mountain. Dorothy Day's book is called The Long Loneliness. Both spiritual autobiographies, which are powerful in the 20th century. And Thomas Merton came to the back of church. And Thomas Merton experienced, as a graduate of Columbia University at that time, the power of God's mercy, his grace, his leniency, his clemency, and his patience. So all of you in the back of church, kudos, you're fine. Up front, you're in trouble. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, I remember so many times sneaking into the back of church ashamed, wondering if God would forgive me of my sin, if there was leniency, if there was clemency, if he was truly a patient father. And through the years, I can attest, as I stand before you now, I'm in front of the church, but not only that, but I'm facing you as a priest. And it's because I've seen that Holy Mother Church as the Bride of Christ has nurtured my life, has been patient with me. Holy Mother Church has guided me. And she has allowed for me to root out the weeds in life so that I can grow with wheat. The beauty of the church as we celebrate the Mass is that it's no different than the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Think for a moment the characters in the crucifixion, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Think of the weeds. Think of Pontius Pilate wiping his hands, saying, I have nothing to do with this man. Think of King Herod, who immediately would turn Jesus over for his own political expediency. Think of the centurion soldiers who mocked Jesus, spit at Jesus, crowned Jesus with thorns. 
Think of the unrepentant thief on the cross who tempted Jesus and said, hey, if you're God, take yourself down right now. But then simultaneously, think of the wheat. Most especially, we think of our blessed mother, Mary, who stood at the foot of the cross with the sorrows of our heart, so tenderly loving her Savior, Jesus. And St. John, Mary Magdalene, who herself had a tremendous conversion to the faith from weeds to wheat. Think for a moment St. Dismas, who was the first canonized saint of the church, who Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Think of Joseph of Arimathea, who generously gave to Jesus his final repose and resting place for the resurrection to occur. Think of Simon of Cyrene. Think of Veronica. You see, God has always allowed the weeds and the wheat to be together, the back and the front. And in God's wisdom, he allows this so that Holy Mother Church can sanctify the world and bring the grace of God into the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ, sin in our life is not the end. Sin is a means by which God can redeem us and help us come to live his grace. But it can only happen if we repent, if we ask God for forgiveness and accept the discipline of a loving father. If God can remove temerity from us, a rashness or a brashness, then we can truly be transformed by the love of God. And no matter what it is in our lives and our own stories, God allows for whatever evil has occurred in our life to bear fruit at the Mass. It is here that our lives are transformed. And we stand there, we kneel, we pray, and we beg and ask God for forgiveness. Remember, the first thing that we do when we come to Mass is we ask God for forgiveness. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maximilia culpa. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. And the forgiveness of venial sin, but the forgiveness of mortal sin through the sacrament of confession. That transformation in our life is at our disposal, it's here for us. And we're thankful to God for his clemency, his leniency, his patient love for us. And most importantly, the discipline that he gives to us as a loving father who wants us to be with him for eternity. All right, I'm going to try it again. Praise the Lord.